Hey y'all, this is Charlie, and we are going to pick right back up where we left off the last time. So if you have not listened to the podcast previous to this one, um, where we talked about the, the parable of the sower and the different soils and that the seed that Jesus was referring to is the word of God, then you are definitely going to want to go back and listen to that one first. So um, we had talked about that, like I just mentioned, and I was just getting ready to share with you my very own experience that I had with one of these grounds that was unfortunately not the good one of the, the good ground that we want to be. But in um, Mark chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus was telling them about this other seed. Actually, we'll back up a verse. And it says, in a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. My friends, unfortunately... Uh, a lot of times this affliction or, or persecution that we receive, it comes from other people. And that's just, it's just really unfortunate. But that is how, that is how the devil uh, works. Jesus told us that the thief, the thief comes to still kill and destroy. But he also talked about thieves and robbers, plural. So he showed us that the thief, the devil, works through other thieves and robbers, right? And who did he throw out of the temple? <laughs> thieves and robbers. Right. So often it's religious spirits working through people that persecute us. And when I say religion, I don't mean faithful, but, you know, that that spirit of you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And, you know, that spirit of where we're just servants to the Lord instead of sons and daughters to him, where it's based on what you do instead of our relationship with Jesus and based on what he has done at the cross. You know, everything that we have is based on what Jesus has done. And everything even that we do comes out of what he did. Amen. And um, but so to kind of help you see this, because, you know, here's the thing. If we knew, right, if the persecution came and it was just bold in our face, you're being persecuted because you just received that great word. Right. We'd fight. We'd fight to hold on to it. Like, oh, no, I'm not letting go of this. But we got to know the ways of the enemy. And then that helps us to go, you know, I know some of you, I'm going to share this and you're going to look back and go, wow, there were times I let go, but that's okay. That's exactly why the Lord wants us to open our eyes to this so that we don't let go. And you know what he says in his word? He's so gracious that he gives us back the ground we've lost. He gives us back even the years we've lost. And it doesn't matter if we lost those years because they were stolen or because we gave them up. He gives them back to us. Hallelujah. He restores what he did not take away. Amen. So, so, uh, I was going to share with y'all my own experience with this. So when I was first, when I was first injured, and I'm sorry, I have to remember that everybody doesn't know this. I feel like I shared this testimony a lot, but I was in, um, I was in the air force and I was deployed to Iraq and I had a couple of head injuries and um, I didn't know it at the time, but they led to me developing epilepsy or seizures. And I stayed in Iraq and kept having seizures, which led to more and more damage. But I didn't know that's what I was having. Um, and then I, I also had some other some other things. I was exposed to some some toxins and things and not just me. Unfortunately, thousands of veterans have been. Um, so trying to make this all quick because <laughs> I don't want to stay there. But anyway, so I had come, I had come back to Germany, which is where I was stationed at the time. 
and um, it didn't take them very long to diagnose the seizures because I was having them so often. And um, but everything else that was starting to go on with my body, like I had lost an incredible amount of weight, um, just way too much weight. I couldn't keep anything in. I had a horrible rash on my face. It was really terrible. My hair was falling out. I mean, I was just a wreck and there was no explanation for why, what was going on in my body. And um, somebody sent me at that time, somebody sent me a, <laughs> it's not even, I'm going to say a recorded, uh, just one recorded message um, that they had got a hold of from by Pastor Joseph Prince. This was 12 years ago. I think at the time he was probably only on at like 4 a.m. or something like that. You know, it was like the beginning of his, close to around the beginnings of his CV ministry. But we were overseas. We didn't, we didn't have any kind of that stuff. So this person sent me his sermon and I watched it and I got online and I ordered, and y'all know I don't do this often and, and you know, I don't, I don't get paid or anything. So, you know, this is coming from my heart because this is one of the greatest resources um, I think that I could recommend. I got online and I got, he has a, um, a, a five part DVD series titled health and wholeness through the Holy communion. And, um, it's still available today. You can still, you can still get this, this series and I highly recommend it. So I ordered that, right? Because I'm sick and, um, uh, my fit, my health is really failing and I don't know what's going on and I see health and wholeness. Okay. I'm going to go for that. So I order it. And I put the first disc in, and it's funny because you'll watch this. This is way back in the day, way before he has the church he has now. And, um, you know, we, we all progress as we, we come along. I hope, you know, I'm progressing and, and my teachings and whatnot. And so it's a lot of fun to, to go back and, and, and watch. But anyway, the truths, God's truths are still there. So I'm watching it. And I grew up in the church, but he's preaching stuff I've never heard before. And in my mind, all these red flags are going up. Like, I've never heard this before. Can, can that be true? That's crazy. But my spirit, my spirit inside me said, just keep watching. Just keep watching. You know, my friends, your spirit is seated in Christ in heaven. Our spirits often know things long before our mind does, right? You know, unfortunately, a lot of times we give credit now to the sixth sense or I just knew something was going to happen or you just knew to do this or that. My friend, that's the Holy Spirit, right? When you suddenly like step back from, from something or, or you don't do something you were normally going to and then you find out that, you know, a tragedy happened there or you were protected, you know, all those things, you know, or you, you do go somewhere that, that you weren't going to or at a time you weren't going to and you end up meeting someone and just having a wonderful fellowship with them. Those things are the Holy Spirit at work in us. Hallelujah. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like my spirit's saying to watch, but my mind is like, I've never heard these things, but he's using the Bible. And I praise the Lord that I grew up with a lot of erroneous teachings. But one thing that the, the people that taught me were very big on the word of God is the word of God. You know, they, they didn't interpret it, <laughs> right? But they taught me that if something's in the word of God, it's the truth regardless. And I'm like, well, he's showing me all of this from the word of God. And he speaks on the different covenants and the covenant that we have today, which is another reason why I really recommend this series. So you understand the new covenant that you're under. And he talks about how the bread in the Holy communion is for our healing. And, um, I'd love to talk more about that, 
but then we'll never get back to our parable, <laughs> though we should have a podcast on it, Lord. Uh, anyways, so he talked about how the bread is for our healing, and it tells us that in 1 Corinthians 11. And in fact, Paul writes that the only reason, listen to this, my friends, the only reason that there are believers who are weak and sick and dying before their time is for their failure to discern what the Lord's body is for. Did you hear that? Like if there's a lot of people dying in the world, that shouldn't surprise us, but there shouldn't be a lot of sick and dying people in the church. And he gives us the reason why, because we don't know anymore why he gave us the bread and communion. He gave us two elements for a reason. But a lot of time what happens, we end up taking them both together. Like the blood is for forgiveness of sins. And I guess the, the bread is just for a snack. I don't know, because it made me realize I'd never been taught what the bread was for. The blood was for forgiveness of my sins, but we're never taught what the bread is for. The bread is for our healing. Jesus said that his body is the bread. He also said that by his stripes, we are healed. He also gave thanks, broke the bread and said it was his body. So we are meant to see the body in communion as Jesus's body and receive that as our life and, and, and as our health, our healing and our health. And oh, so that's, I said, we had to have a whole thing on that. So I, I watched this. I watched all five DVDs like at once, I think at that time I couldn't, I was pretty weak. It was not my lowest point, but I was pretty weak. So I couldn't do much, much. So can I tell you what, if you're weak, if there is something attacking your body, you need the word of God all the time, because guess what? That cancer don't go on nap time, right? That heart disease doesn't take a nap time. It doesn't, it doesn't quit you know, to go party for a little bit. No, it's working in your body all the time, which means you need the word of God all the time. So just saturate yourself in the word of God. Play it even when you're sleeping. You know, that's what, that's what I did. My husband kept it playing, whether he knew I was conscious or unconscious, just kept it playing. And the Lord brought me back to life. Hallelujah. Because there is life in the word of God. Amen. Amen. So I get a hold of this incredible, miraculous teaching on the communion and I begin receiving every day, you know, and, and I think he even suggests that you can, you can receive, you know, receive if, if you have a major condition, receive at the same time as your medications. And I was on a lot of medications. So I started doing that. I started receiving communion three times a day because that's when I was taking medica medication was three times a day. And I thought, you know, if I can, if I can trust, the, the Lord asked me, he said, you know, if you can trust these, these pills, you don't know what's in them. You don't know how they work. If you read the little papers that come up so tiny and unfold into like a big world atlas, if you read all the way through that, you'll find the doctors don't know how they work. The people that develop them don't know how they work. They just do. Right? But we take them. And I'm not telling you not to, not, not at all. Who do you think gives the, the people the wisdom to use God's creation to bring healing. God does. But uh, anyways, his point to me was, if I can trust that, can I just trust him a little bit too? And so I would receive communion when I received my medication. And guess what? I started getting better. So I'm like this, this person I received with joy and I started getting better. And then somewhere along the way, because there was a lot going on, I had what was going on in my physical body. I was losing my career. I'd been in the military for 10 years. I was halfway to full retirement. And, you know, anyone that's been in knows that it's not a job. It's a way of life. And in that, even just that first 10 years, there's, there's a lot, a lot that happens. A lot of, you know, 
anyways, it's a lot. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve such an incredible country. And, um, but you do suffer and you, and you do give up a lot. Um, and so, you know, I was dealing with that. I was losing my career because of my body. I was losing that my independence because I couldn't get my body to do the things I want. You know, there was a lot going on and I didn't have many Christian friends, which was my fault. And, um, the, a few that I did know when I had told them everything that was going on to me, they were missionaries. So, so we emailed each other. They emailed me back and told me that maybe all of this was happening to me because of some kind of sin in my life. Let me tell you something, my friend. That's exactly what the cross of Christ was for. I didn't know it then. I wish I had known it. But as soon as I read that, oh, of course there was sin in my life. There was so much sin in my life. I mean, at that time I was an alcoholic. I had a real temper issue. Um, I was pretty vulgar. Uh, I mean, the list went on and on and on. And, um, and so it just crushed me. And I started just day after day, you know, laying in my bed thinking of all the wrong things that I had done and condemning myself. And I completely forgot about receiving communion. I just forgot about it. Now, I didn't know that was a direct attack. They don't know they did it. I've never told them because I know that wasn't their intention. But please, don't you ever dare tell somebody that. Who are you to judge? How dare anyone judge a child of God? We're not meant to judge anybody. That's what Jesus did at the cross. He took our judgment and God himself has said that he is not judging the world. He was in his son in the world, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. Hallelujah. That is your God. He is not counting your sins against you. And if sin could stop the healing of Jesus Christ, if sin could stop his grace, and he would have never come in the first place. How could he come to a sinful fallen world if sin could stop grace? My friends, he is grace. He came out of grace. He came to save us. He came to save us because we're in sin. If we have no sins, we need no saving. <laughs> Oh, God is good. But anyway, so that word came in and I completely forgot about receiving communion. Six, seven weeks later, I am in such a horrible state that I'm now on chemotherapy. I mean, this literally killed me. Condemnation will kill. That's what it does. And you know what? I can't help it. I've got to recommend another incredible uh, resource. You know, I don't have my own, my own resources. So I have a lot of resources I like to give out and I give out the ones I trust and that I know um, speak the word of God and that I have seen uh, bring testimonies. But Pastor Joseph Prince also has a series called Condemnation Kills, but the spirit gives life. And let me tell you what, in the end, that's what saved me. Uh, if you are struggling with any kind of a bad habit or um, even a health condition, because the thing is, I didn't know that's what made me worse. I didn't realize that it was my condemning myself. Condemning myself took a physical toll on my body. And my friend, it will take a physical toll on your body as well. Because remember, our physical body is connected to our spiritual self. Our spirit and our soul and our body are all connected. Now, your spirit is forever forever changed. It is prosperous. It is whole. It is in heaven with Jesus Christ. But your soul, your mind, and your emotions can still be, when you we let those get affected and full of death, that death I was bringing into my mind that I was, you know, laying there thinking of, 
that I deserve this, that I deserve to have all of this happening to me. That was my body was responding to that. You know, our bodies are so smart. You know, that's where, and I even was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. And autoimmune, what does that mean? The immune system is fighting against itself. I believe I developed that from laying there condemning myself because I was beating myself up. My body started beating myself up. My friends, this is serious. That's why I preach that series on condemnation because I want you out of it because Jesus wants you out of it because he paid the price so that there be no condemnation in your life. Amen. So what happened? Okay, I do have time to tell you. So I ended up in such a miserable space. I ended up on chemotherapy and, um, and that wasn't working. In fact, that made me much, 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 much worse. And we know now we, we didn't know, you know, we didn't know at the time what we were dealing with, but that I had been poisoned. So you take poison, which is what chemotherapy is, and you put it on top of poison to try and get rid of it. And it made me much worse. And of course I'm laying there and I'm condemning myself. And, um, I finally, this is, you know, I can't even tell you how long all of this actually took place because my mind was so, was so, was so gone. My husband had been deployed, which should have never happened. So he wasn't there at this time. And, um, I was in just an intense, immense amount of pain from head to toe. I had a constant, my, my whole body. I mean, I, I came back with a lot of pain and it just continued to get worse. And I was in so much pain that I finally got to the point where I just asked the father to take me home. I knew that I was a believer. I knew that I had strayed, but I still knew that there was too much I didn't know. But the one thing I knew was that I was still a believer. And so I asked the father, mind you, you know, this was like, at this point, I'm so weak. I couldn't even speak. I couldn't open my eyes. This was all a conversation that happened in, in, in my mind to him. And so in my, in my heart, really, I'm speaking to him and I ask him to take me home and he comes to me in a presence that is so very, very real. And he comes as my father, as our, my heavenly father. And he shows me how much he is grieving over me. And this grief is so intense. It's overwhelming. And I can tell that even still he's holding it back because if he really let me experience how grieved he is for me, it would crush me. And he was so grieved that I was in this pain. He was so grieved that I thought death was the only answer. And he was so grieved that I misunderstood him so very much. And that's such a little perception of his love and that grieved him it grieves his heart my friends when we are in pain it grieves him when we don't know how much he loves us and you know what his response was he poured in his love he poured in his love that he let go completely without restraint and for the first time I realized I always had what I'd always been trying to get. I'd always been trying to earn his love and his good opinion. And he was showing me that he'd always loved me. And he loves you too. That had nothing to do with who I was. It had everything to do with who he is. God is love. First John 4 tells us God is love. 
so he filled me to overflowing with his love and it just washed everything away in that moment I had no pain I had no self-awareness I had no consciousness of anything but him and don't you know that is the greatest most beautiful place we can be we have no idea how much our own self-awareness causes us pain, our insecurities, our weakness. But when we are in his presence, gazing into his face, that melts away. That's why he wants us looking into his face. And so after he had filled me with his love and he'd let me experience that, he let me know that I had the option. My friends, he gave me the choice. He told me he would bring me home. And, and there was no judgment to it. It was, if you want to come home, I will bring you home. Or you can stay and I will heal you. But he let me know that the process would not be quick, that it would be long and it would be painful, but he would be with me. And, you know, just the taste of that love. I don't know, it's like I'm going to live life in a whole new way. It, it compelled me. That's what his love does. His love doesn't force us, it compels us. And even though I knew he wouldn't judge me either way, it was like I wanted to stay because I felt like he wanted me to stay. And obviously, you know what choice I made. <laughs> okay, I chose to stay. And I'll tell you that. At the end of that conversation, I opened my eyes. I don't know how long I had been out at that point. I was going unconscious for days at a time. And I opened my eyes and um, I looked over and on my nightstand, there was a little cup of juice and a little cracker. And mind you, there was nobody there. And so I received those and I laid back down and I went to sleep. It was the first time and I don't know how long I could remember going to sleep versus passing out in pain because there's a very big difference. Now, the next time I woke up, I was in a lot of pain again, but he had warned me, right? But I started waking up more and more, longer and longer. My healing came gradually and slowly, but I will tell you it's because it's what I needed not because it's how God wanted it. There was so much other hurt and bitterness in my heart. I had a very rough upbringing and there were a lot of things that the Lord needed to heal in my heart. And I'm so grateful that he took the time to heal those things in my heart instead of just healing my body. Because as I, as I later learned in the scriptures, and we'll even see further down, had he healed me first, I know... I would have ran right back to the same kind of life. I would have forgotten. I would have gone back to doing what I was doing and I would have missed out on getting to know him. And so I am grateful that he took that time and, and he's brought me my healing the way I needed it. Amen. That's the, that's the heart of our father. So that is an example to you of how I heard the word. I received it with joy. Persecution came in. I let go of the word and then I suffered because of it. See, that's the thing we might think, well, if persecution comes because of the word, I don't want the word. My friend, we're dying already, right? If we don't have the word of God, 
So just like even, even mine was a, a very severe case, but the word of God is what gives our spirit life, what gives our soul life and even our body. So without it, right, we're already dead. If we're not going for the word of God, the devil ain't going to mess with us because he doesn't need to bother. The world will get us down. So um, then I began receiving again. I, been re I began receiving communion again and um, the Lord began healing me. I began receiving communion every time I had to take my medications and um, the Lord, you know, that was when he dropped in my heart. I still didn't know this parable yet, but he dropped it in my heart to, to tell my husband uh, when he had returned to just keep CDs playing with sermons that point out Jesus Christ that make us see the glory and the beauty and the perfection of Jesus Christ and the Bible on CD. And he just kept those things going though, between the word of God and the gift of the Holy communion. He brought me back to life through his word. Amen. And see, um, so there's a, there's an example and I went and I really took some time to share that because I, I do believe that unfortunately we fall into that, um, that category a lot of times. And um, so I hope that brought some wisdom uh, to help, to help you. Amen. And sharing my testimony. I know some, some people have asked that, that I share uh, some of my testimony. There's so much the Lord has done. That's just a little tidbit. But there's a couple things I want you to catch since we did just talk about that real quick. One is that even though people are unconscious, they can hear you. Okay. You might have, if you have a loved one who is in a coma or, or you've been told can't hear, you don't believe it. You don't know that. I could hear all kinds of things going on, but I was just too weak to respond. You speak the word of God over them. You pray for them. Receive communion with them. Even though they can't receive, receive their with them uh, in, in their place. Amen. And also, I want you to see that the Lord gave me the choice. And the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he gave me the choice of whether or not I would go home or stay there, how many more has he given that choice to? But it breaks, it breaks my heart when I hear people say, yeah, God took that person home. No, God doesn't do that, my friends. God hates death. He hates death. God doesn't do that. And we don't know what goes on in the intimate conversations between him and someone else's heart. And I hope that that will actually um, assure you because it has certainly assured me. It's given me comfort and peace when I have lost some loved ones at a very um, young stage in life where, where it seems like they shouldn't, shouldn't have. And then I remembered that God gave me the choice. And I don't know that he didn't show them something about their future, that it wasn't more merciful for them to go home. But... Um, so I hope that that, uh, that that also blesses you. Wow, we really went down a rabbit trail today. But that's what we do. Yes, we do. So that's when the affliction, the persecution comes. I know it's a very extreme example. But I believe that even right now, the Lord is ministering to you, right? To help give you the wisdom and guard your heart so that you can hold on to his word and with a deep root. Um, so, so then the next seed we go to, are the ones that says, and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Do you hear that? He said the thorns are the worries of the world. And oh my goodness, we're going to have to stop there. Finish up 
because I don't know if I can finish all this up in time to let you go. Can I, can I, can I? All right, my friends. So I was really kind of debating, can we, can we push all this? But you know what? I don't want to try to, to shove. Um, we want to enjoy God's word, right? It's like we don't want to cram our mouth so full that then you can't chew. Have you ever done that? <laughs> I used to do it a lot. And people used to tease me and say I had a little squirrel cheek because I would just shove so much food in my mouth that it would you know, be shoved in my cheeks and then I would eat on it. <laughs> there you go. There's a, there's a picture for you, right? So um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have to break this up and finish this the next time we get together. So it's kind of a habit that we're developing here, but we're just following the Lord, right? So, okay, my friends, I just uh, lift, lift, lift you up right now. Pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time, keep on living, loving, and laughing in grace.